The verses will be on the screen there for you to see. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now the New Testament tells us that the word Emmanuel means God with us. Now Isaiah is written 700 years before the Lord Jesus Christ was born. It's way in the distance. And during the time of Isaiah, things are very hard and difficult for the nation of Israel. Uh, They have enemies that are crowding around them, and they are really just about to be snuffed out. So it's a dark day. It's a day when it looks like it's all going to be over. It's all going to be finished for them. But God gives them a prophecy right in the middle of it that says a better day is coming. Somebody said that it's like an artist painting a picture, and uh, the book of Isaiah is a a dark picture. It's a dark, stormy night, and there's a little cottage in this picture, and because it's dark, the cottage is completely dark, and it just all looks foreboding, and it looks dreadful. And then the artist takes a yellow crayon, and with a stroke, he draws a shaft of light coming from the uh, window of the cottage, and he transforms the picture. He changes it completely. That's what God did when he told us that Emmanuel, that God uh, was going to be with us. God in the flesh. We're involved in ministry and people uh, watch videos and then they write in uh, to us. You'll sometimes see those videos on on Google and you'll see them on YouTube. And people's responses to the videos, all the videos are basically about the theme of Christianity, about the theme of salvation. And people will respond to the videos and, and, and some respond with genuine questions. Some respond with scoffing and mocking. And some are angry. They're angry because their lives are hard and their lives are difficult and there are problems for them. Kind of a dark day like in the day of Isaiah. And you know, just as in the day of Isaiah, the, 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 the light that comes into our world is the light we see at Christmas time. It's the, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that light that comes into the world. Now, I'm going to keep you just for a few minutes, so don't get antsy, just for a few minutes, and, and let me explain a couple of things to you, and then we will have a cup of tea, uh, so, so please stay for that. But first of all, Emmanuel to us is a savior. God with us, a savior. Man has had this checkered relationship with God throughout the ages. We find the relationship between God and man, obviously, in the creation story and in the uh, book of Genesis. And we find man has this wonderful, beautiful relationship with God. And there's a little phrase in there that says, and and God came and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And, you know, your heart just is drawn to it because you think that's, that's the way it should be. We should be able to be right with God and, and talk with God and enjoy God. And they did until sin came in and. They chose to go their own way and do their own thing. And then the dark picture started. And things began to get very bad and very hard for them. And and if we go through the the Old Testament, we find times when God was very close to man. Abraham, the friend of God. Can you imagine being called the friend of God? But Abraham was the friend of God, a man that knew God, a man that walked with God. Not a perfect man. No man is perfect, but a man that walked with God. We find uh, Moses, uh, the man that God spoke to face to face, right? His servant, he spoke to him face to face. 
Uh, we find the nation of Israel under Solomon, they dedicate a temple and God literally comes down on that day. But what we see are, we see these, these just high points and the rest of the time as man is struggling, he's searching for God because something in us tells us that there is a God and we should know that God and we should walk with him. But it seems so foreign to us on the other hand because we're living our own way and doing our own thing. We're, we're, we're living our lives, get, trying to get by, and it's, and it's hard, and it's dark sometimes, and, and, you know, we don't know anything better, really. But then the Bible says this, in Matthew 1, 21 through 23, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. <clears throat> Do you know the nation of Israel had a problem? They had a lot of problems, but they had one problem in their minds when Jesus was born, Rome. They were the bad guys. They came in. They were, came in with their, with their crushing power and authority. They didn't understand the Jewish faith. They didn't understand the Jewish people. They just ruled with an iron fist and had these people do exactly what they wanted them to do. And if they didn't, they forced them. And so they have a problem. And, and they want a savior that's going to rid them of Rome. But God sees a different problem. God sees a different problem. He says he's going to save them from their sins. You know, the people that write in to us, uh, <clears throat> they see all kinds of problems. But you know what? Almost none of them see sin as being a problem. And yet, from God's perspective, it is the problem. It is the issue. You see, <clears throat> we were made for a relationship with God and sin is the problem. Sin is the thing that separates us from God. And, and sin doesn't have to be anything drastic. You don't have to murder somebody to sin. The, the reality is the basis of sin is that we do our own thing. We go our own way. And, and we all do. Not a one of us, <clears throat> by our nature, yields ourselves to God. We all go our own way and do our own thing. And so we're left with this kind of conundrum. We want God, and yet we don't want God, because we want our own way. And we're left with this, 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 this almost this, this wrestling that goes back and forth between us and God. And God says, the problem is sin. But you know, God loves us. And he didn't just point at the problem and say, that's your problem. Go fix it. Because you know what? We couldn't. It's impossible. It's not in us to fix the problem. You know, he said, I will save you from your sins. That's, that's what I came for. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about remembering the birth of a Savior who came to save us from our sins. And then he's, the, the, the verses go on and they say, Now all this was done that he might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You see, the problem with sin is that sin separates between us and God. But Emmanuel came to be with us and to deal with the problem so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could enjoy relationship with him again. And you know, there's nobody in this room that doesn't want that. You might think it's impossible. You might think, like many, it's not the issue. But all of us would like somehow in our heart of hearts to relate to God. 
You see, Emmanuel means God with us. You could put it this way, God with skin on. The story told about a little girl who was uh, frightened at night. She called into her daddy and she said, Daddy, I'm scared, I'm frightened. And the daddy called in and he said, Listen, God is with you. And the little girl thought for a moment and she said, But I need somebody with skin on. We all understand that, don't we? That's what Jesus is. Jesus is God with skin on. Someone that we can touch and someone that can be touched of us. But we need to deal with the issue of sin. Sin stands between us and him. Sin is the the block. Sin is the barrier. Sin, Sin is the thing that stands, but he came to fix that. And when he died on the cross, he knew your name, he knew your sin, and he said, I'm willing. I will pay. And when he said it is finished, the deal was done. It was all paid for. All that's left for you and I is to receive the free gift, to receive what he did for us. That gives us forgiveness for sins and it gives us a home in heaven. But you know what gives us more than that too? Because we're still living on this earth and it's still hard and it's still difficult. But the second thing that he came to do was he came to be our comforter. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18 says, Wherefore in all things it behoved him uh, to be made like unto his brethren, uh, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. And the word succor there means to, to come alongside and to lift up and to hold up and to strengthen. It's the idea of, you know, understanding where you're at because he's been there. He knows what it feels like to live in your flesh, to live in this world with all the pain, trouble, problems, and difficulties in it. And he came to show us that he can help us. He can strengthen us. These next verses I love, Hebrews 4, 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, what's that saying there? We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It's a little bit complicated uh, in the translation there, right? What it's saying is this. We do have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, (coughs) what's the feeling of our infirmities? Uh, The feeling of our weakness. Do you ever feel weak? Do you ever feel like you can't go on? Do you ever feel like you haven't got the strength? You don't know how to do it. Do you ever feel like it's all too much? Do you ever feel like it's all coming in on top of your head and there's no way out of it? What that verse is saying is Jesus knows what that feels like. In fact, more than he just knows what that feels like is it can be touched with the feelings he feels what it feels like. To feel, you know, it's strong. You, you, You can't do it. You're not able. We have somebody because... Emmanuel, God in the flesh, came who can understand, who can feel what you feel. 
You're never going to go to God and tell God your problems and God's going to say, I can't believe you did that. God's never going to be shocked at anything you've done. God's never going to look at your life and, and, and cast you off because you're nothing. He knows what it feels like. He, he, he knows what it feels like to, to do the things you've done. He can be touched with that feeling. And see what he says then? He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Do you know in the Old Testament, nobody went boldly to the throne of grace? In the temple, uh, in the furthest part of the temple, uh, there was the Holy of Holies. The high priest went in there once a year and nobody else. If you went in there, you could die. The high priest went in once a year and he went in to the Holy of Holies and he made atonement for the people's sin. But do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn, torn from the top to the bottom. God tore it. And he opened up the Holy of Holies and he says to you, come boldly into the throne of grace. Come, come boldly to me that, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That, that we may receive that mercy and that we may receive grace and that we may receive all that God has for us to help us in that time of need. Do you see what a wonderful thing it is that God came, that Emmanuel came, that, that, that God with us, God in flesh came. Do you see what a wonderful thing it is? We can have forgiveness of sins and we can have fellowship with him so that we can come boldly to him with our troubles and our difficulties and our problems and we can find mercy and we can find grace to live in this difficult world. And then one day, we get to step out of this world and into his presence. You know what? Emmanuel made it all good. Oh, I don't mean that there's no problems. I understand there's problems. But he made it all good because the picture has been changed forever because the, uh, the light is streaming from the window and it just won't quit. A dark picture, but you know what? <clears throat> Beautiful, bright light coming from it. Now for you and I, what are we going to do with this? How, how are we going to deal with this? First of all, God won't just ignore sin. He can't. He sent his son to deal with it. He sent his son to pay the price for it. It cost him greatly. And because he sent his son to pay the price for sin, he expects you to come to the place where you accept what his son did. And that means this. It means accepting. I'm a sinner. We all are. You know what? Almost everybody will say, well, I'm not perfect. No, we're not perfect. <clears throat> and um, we need to come to him and say, Lord, I'm not perfect. I've sinned. I've got it wrong. But we don't just leave it there. We don't just, we're not just left in a puddle of guilt. You see, Jesus came to pay the price for sins, and he says this, that if we will receive him, that he will forgive our sins, and he will make us sons of God <coughs> in John 1.12. That if we will come to the place where we say, I, I can't, where we recognize I need what Jesus did on the cross, and we receive the gift of salvation, he says he'll make us sons of God. And then he invites us, as his children, to walk with him. No, you're not going to get it all right. Yes, you're definitely going to have weak days, and you're probably going to do wrong stuff from time to time. But he says, when you do, 
come boldly to the throne of grace because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. I want to be there for you. I want to help you. I want to <clears throat> walk with you. I want you to enjoy my presence. I believe the greatest promise in the New Testament, apart from our salvation promises, is I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a wonderful truth because Emmanuel came. We can have the reality of Jesus who never leaves us nor forsakes us. We don't deserve it. That's not the issue. He did it anyway. So <clears throat> if you're not saved, in other words, if you've not come to that place where you've recognized you're a sinner and you've recognized Jesus as your Savior, would you do that tonight? You could do it very simply. You could pray this prayer. And praying a prayer doesn't save you. It's believing the truth. It's believing what it says. I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you paid the price for sin. And when you do that and ask him to save you, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are many people in this room that could tell you they're saved, they're going to heaven. None of them are perfect people. None of them get it all right. But you know, there was a point in time when they recognized, I can't. But he paid the price, and I'm going to trust him. And they found it to be real, and they found a growing relationship with him, and a sweetness, and a strengthening hope of heaven, knowing they're going there. That's the real gift of Christmas. That's the real gift of Christmas. Most people never unwrap that gift, and that's the real one. Would you unwrap that this Christmas? I'm going to pray, but while I pray, if you want to look at this and go through it with God in your own heart, and it's got to be between you and him, nobody else can save you, but if you want to go through it with <clears throat> you and God, um, he will do what he said he will do, because he always keeps his promise. Father in heaven, would you bless this to your people? Lord, there are some here that don't know you as Savior, some for whom you died, some that you love, some that you want to draw close to you. Blessed Spirit of the living God, would you reach down into this room and would you draw them to you? And Lord, even now in these moments, Lord, would you draw them to you so that they would trust you? Just take a moment and in your heart call out to him and he will be heard of you. Now, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the great gift of salvation. Thank you for Christmas time. Thank you for our program tonight, Lord. And Lord, we do ask your blessing now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right.